Good morning, church. Please join me in the prayer for illumination as printed in your bulletin and on the screen. Lord, we come to celebrate the great good news of your love. We have been wrapped in your love for us since the dawn of creation. Now let this love be wrapped in justice and peace for all. Amen. Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, church, today is what? Good listening. Today is Trinity Sunday. Today is the day that we celebrate the God that we worship in all of God's glory. Today is the day that we see God in the beginning. Some of you may know, some of you may not know that uh, I tend to be a lectionary preacher, so I preach on um, scriptures that are set forward in the lectionary calendar. So there's an Old Testament, a New Testament, an epistle, and a gospel, and a psalm, typically, uh, that are set aside for the day. And if you read through the lectionary, then you'll read through the entire Bible. I try to be a lectionary preacher because if given my own uh, way, I would probably preach out of the gospels. Uh, almost exclusively because I like Jesus a lot. And so the, the lectionary pushes me outside of my comfort zone. I did not have Laura read us the creation story because it's quite long, but we are going to talk about the creation story. The creation story was one of the prescribed lectionary uh, readings for today, as was the gospel reading from Matthew. Today is the day that we see God in the beginning, God in all of God's glory, three in one, God, Jesus, and Spirit, gathered together, we remember, in the moment that we call creation. God existed before creation as we know it, and God will exist ever after. In fact, in God, there is no before and after, as God is outside of the parameters of time as we know it. You see, that's the thing. We can talk about God today. I can preach about how God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. We can talk about how God is three in one, made from the same material, but manifest in three different ways. God was God the creator. God also was God the person in Jesus. God will always be God the spirit, God the comforter, comforter God within us, and around us, but these words that we use, they are not sufficient. We don't have the words to encompass all that God is. We will always fall short in our description. We will always fall short in our understanding. It's just too much for us. We can't truly understand who God is and what God is and where God is and why God is. It's just incomprehensible, but we try. 
And it seems to me the hardest part for us to understand is how we are a part of God. We are created in God's image and likeness. We are part of God's story. In fact, we are God's story. Without us, chaos would have been tamed at creation, order established, light gifted, goodness created, but for what? Without humanity, what was the plan? We know in the creation story that God came and spoke into the chaos. God's spirit hovered and the word in Jesus was present, three in one together but separate, creating order from disorder, calm from chaos, something from a vast nothing. The voice of the creator God began to set the world as we know it in motion when God said, let there be light. God separated the light from the vast darkness and said, it is good. God took control of all that there was, establishing time itself, day and night, light and dark, and it was good, but the work was incomplete. God came and separated sky from water, gifting us with that blessed place where land or water meets sky, that holy spot that shakes us shakes the world from its slumber each morning and then eases us into evening each night. And it was good, God said, but the work was incomplete. God gathered up all the wild waters of the world as those waters responded to God's spoken command. And once God had gathered all those waters, dry land sprung forth and it was good. And from that newly formed earth, God brought forth plants and trees and vegetation, enough to sustain life, and it was good. But the work was still incomplete. Something was missing. God came and ordered the days and nights and seasons and offered us two great lights, the sun and the moon granting us light to live by and darkness to slumber, granting us the cycle of life as we know it. And it was good but the work was not yet complete. Once again, God spoke into the waters and brought forth new creation and sea life and birds to hover and fly just as God's spirit had done. And God saw the goodness of this animal creation and he commanded them to be fruitful and multiply and fill up this new world that God had begun. But still, the work was not yet complete. God looked over his creation with light and dark and land and sea and saw the need for animals to fill this new space. So animals were created of all kinds. And once again, God saw that it was good, but it was not complete. With all that God had created, though God knew all that had been created was good and God declared goodness, it was not yet finished. Something was missing. So God created humans. In God's very own image, in the image of God, humanity was created. God, the creator of all, looked around this perfect world and thought it needed us. That it needed Adam and Eve and God needs you and me. God's good creation was not complete until God created human beings. God had made so many good things, all of the things that you and I cherish. But God recognized that creation was not very good until God made humanity. 
until the living and breathing beings made in God's image existed, God's work was not yet complete. Friends, we need to realize that. Because only when we realize that we are good, very good, that we have been made in God's image, that we bear God's marking, that God's breath fills our lungs, only when we realize that can we go forward and live into the mission that Jesus gave us. See, God began the world with creation by creating something new, creating calm from chaos and order from disorder. And when we, when you and I are called into God's service, when we're told to go and make disciples, we are invited into that same creation process. When we're told to go and tell others about Jesus, we're invited into their disorder and we're introducing the source of order. When we are called to walk with someone in the midst of tragedy or trauma, we are called to enter into their chaos and introduce the source of calm, the source that already abides within them. They're just not aware of it yet. In our scripture readings for today, Jesus gathered with the disciples on a mountaintop in Galilee. You know, big things always happen on mountaintops. Have you, have you figured that in scripture? When Jesus says, come, let's go to the mountaintop, they have to think, oh, buddy, something's coming. But think of the mountaintop moments in your life. For so many people right now, graduation is the mountaintop that they're standing on. For people like Courtney and all the other graduates, they stand on the mountaintop of this moment and they look at the vast possibilities that lay before them. Anything is possible. Do you remember how you felt? I could do anything from this mountaintop. They dream dreams of careers that wait for them, of relationships yet to be created, of adventures. From the mountaintop, you see endless possibilities. So Jesus takes his disciples to the mountaintop on this day, and he invites them into the creation process with him. They weren't all sure of what laid ahead, but isn't that the truth for all of us on our mountaintops? It says in the scripture that some of the disciples doubted. Don't you love these guys? Still, still doubted. They probably doubted in their own ability as well as Jesus' abilities. They've been through so much, yet they came. In spite of their doubt, they followed Jesus' direction. They wondered what could be and what would be, and they came and they stood in the possibility with God. Jesus reassures them, saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He reminds them, I'm three in one. I am God. I am with God. He reminds them of the power that resides in him and the power that will reside in all of them that does reside in each of us. And then he gives them the charge. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always. Friends, when we stand on our mountaintops, we see possibility. 
when we have our great moments of expectation that come to realization, you know the, all of those highlights of your life. When you get married, when you create a new family, when your children are born, when you graduate, when you get the promotion, when you buy the house, when you create something new. We stand on the mountaintop and take in all that can be. And it is on that very mountaintop of possibility that God reminds us that we are made for more than what we call our life's work. We are reminded on that mountaintop that we are made in God's image and God's likeness, filled with God's very breath to do God's work. Jesus calls the disciples to look out from the mountaintop and see all of the world that God created. And then Jesus calls them into work. Go, therefore, and create. When we obey the command of God to go forward and make disciples, we are invited into the very same creation story that began in the very first moments when God spoke calm into chaos. When we find Jesus, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we put on Christ, as we do in baptism. We acknowledge God's presence in our lives and within our very bodies. We become a new creation. We set ourselves aside for the greater good. We accept the call. We become not only an object that has been created, we become an instrument of creation, not through our own power. Remember, Jesus said, I have been given all the authority, and I give you a charge. God brings calm into the chaos of our own lives and then tells us to go and walk with others in the midst of their chaos and show them that there's a different way. When the church mobilizes, when God's people go, change comes. God works through us to bring great change in our world and God continues the creation story through each of our lives. When we walk with people in grief, like we will this week, when we sit with them and we listen to their sadness, when we hold their hands in silence, when we feel their hurt, we are going. When we feed people who don't know where their next meal is coming from, we are going. When we help someone who is out of resources and has had tried every single avenue, we are going. When we choose to love the person in front of us, even the person that we are, in whatever condition they find themselves in, we are going. As we are helping and serving, we are going, but that doesn't fulfill the call that Jesus gave to us. Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You see, that's where the true creation work begins. Sometimes we as the church, we focus on programs that will help people, and that's wonderful work. But it doesn't fulfill the call to go and make disciples. If we only provide resources for people, if we only do transactional ministry with folks, for folks, then we're a social service organization. 
And there's nothing wrong with social service organizations. They are necessary, they are vital, but they are not the church. We are called to continue the creation work of God. We are called into making something new. It's not enough for us to hold people's hands and to love them if we don't tell them how deeply they are loved by God. It isn't enough for us to feed people if we don't talk about the reason we are feeding them is because Jesus fed so many more first. It isn't enough to love the person in front of us if they don't understand that God loves them even more. Sometimes we in the church are so busy going that we have forgotten what we are truly called to do. God didn't say go and make yourselves busy. We are experts in being busy. God said go and make disciples, baptizing them in teaching them of my commands. We are experts in going. But we are not always experts in making. We think if we serve enough people that they'll somehow catch wind of the gospel. And that is why Christ said, remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So friends, as we are going, look for ways to share Jesus with those we are walking with. Develop relationships with other people. Truly care for them. See them as a person, not as a problem or a project. As you are feeding them, say, can I pray for you for anything? As we are serving them, don't forget to tell them how God was faithful to you when you struggled and you were in their shoes. Offer a glimpse of God in the midst of the going. Pray that God opens a window for a conversation about him. If the God of creation can speak calm into chaos, light into darkness, I promise he can open up a window for you to share him. Don't be afraid to take it. When you stand on your mountaintops, it's the perfect place to look for those that are in the valley. When you stand on your mountaintops, it's the perfect view of those who are still on the climb. And an even better view are those who are struggling. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't settle to just go. Go and make. And all God's people said. Courtney McGinnis is on a mountaintop today. She has just graduated from Columbian High School. She is planning, as you look at your insert, it says that she is planning on beginning the exploratory program at Kent State in the fall. She's interested in psychology. So I'd like to invite Courtney forward. For those of you who don't know, Courtney has an amazing voice, absolutely amazing voice. She is gifted in so many ways. She has a caring heart. I've never heard her say a cross word about anyone. And uh, I was privileged earlier this year to nominate her and she was awarded the Youth Asset Builder Award for those very attributes, that she sees the best in people and that she uh, expects, I think, the best of herself. 
And so I am very grateful to have the opportunity to have been your pastor and will be your pastor as you head off to college. I want you to continue to look for the best in people. And you can expect the best from yourself, but give yourself a lot of grace because sometimes your mistakes will teach you more than anything else. And I want you to remember that Jesus is always calling. And so go with this devotional from your church family. All you have to do is answer. It's really that simple. He's done all the hard work. And so will you let me pray with you today? Holy God, I pray this day for all of those who have graduated, whether it be from high school, from preschool, from college, from advanced education, they all stand on a mountaintop moment. And Lord, I pray that you stand with them, that they see so many possibilities, that they feel the excitement of this new season in their lives. But I pray specifically in this moment for Courtney. I pray, Lord, that she always believe in herself, that she sing the loudest, that she bravely dare to follow her dreams, that she understands that she is created with a purpose, that she is created intentionally, knit together by you just to be Courtney, that she is enough, she is good, very, very good. And so God, I thank you for the privilege of knowing her, of watching her grow. I praise you for where you're going to call her next in life, but I pray that she never forgets her roots that she knows that she is rooted here at St. Paul's, that people deeply love her, that her roots run deep here, and no matter what winds come, she cannot be blown over. She can always return home to people that love her without condition, without question, with only grace and wide open arms. And so we pray for her. I pray for her parents as they watch their last birdie leave the nest. I pray for her siblings as they are finding their ways in adulthood. I pray for their family, for grandmas and grandpas, aunts, cousins, all those who love her, who are so proud of her. We thank you and praise you this day and all days. And all God's people said, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise for Courtney. <laughs> thank you, honey. I remember that moment where all you see is possibility. And I, I said, as Dominic was getting older, I think God gives you that bravado, you know, that feeling of I can do anything because that is, uh, that is what spurs you on to be able to go. I, I said to Dominic on Thursday um, after Amanda had passed away, I said, you know what, bud, don't waste a moment. We are not guaranteed the next moment. And so don't let yourself be consumed with worry or with anger or with anything that is um, not good because that's not, that doesn't belong to God. Fill yourself with, uh, with all that is good and release all that you hold on to which is negative because it's too, it's too heavy a cross to bear and it was never ours to bear. And so see the goodness in life, pick it up and run with it and uh, live boldly. Amen? Amen. Let us continue in an attitude of prayer. If you have prayer concerns, you would like